Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Shut Up and Ball. As per usual, I am joined by Mr. John Harris today on this NBA edition. How are you this fine Thursday, John? I am doing pretty good. I got the Celtics game on. Y'all can't see it, but I got the Celtics game on on the phone. They're playing the Nets, and Marcus Smart is back. Yeah, oh, Marcus Smart is back. Good, good to hear. Um, as Spurs yeah. played last night, lost the... It was a close game throughout, but just Mavs pulled away at the end, which cost me my perfect picks uh, for Bleach Report because I literally got the first four right. Except I think I was sitting at the last one. I thought we would keep it within six at least, uh, but Mavs won by, I think, ten. Or regardless, it was more by six, so I didn't. I missed my chance on the perfect picks thing. So that's just my luck. Um, and obviously, other things going on with Spurs. We'll go get in and dive into that. A bunch of stuff to go over as per usual. First going to jump into, you know, kind of just – Last episode, we talked about All-Star Weekend, some of our predictions, and now we're going to, you know, see what, how they came to fruition. Um, so we'll start off with that. Um, anywhere you want to start first, or you want to just go in the, I guess, in the events that they, as they occurred. Like, I think it was skills first, and then three-point, and then we can say yeah. dunk. All-Star, okay, so skills. Um, DeMontis of bonus one, the person who I wanted, who I wanted second most to win, I believe. I forgot. Did I pick Julius to win it? I really think. Or yep, was that? You okay. Julius. Okay. Well, of course, you know, there's no shame in losing to the uh, the champ first round. Hard to do, but um, yeah, Demontis Bonus wins. Uh, the big the big boys just keep keep the streak going. I don't know if you. Uh, I didn't watch the event. I missed the event. That's one of the ones I actually. But um, I, I obviously saw the highlights and stuff. And man, it was, just, it was just great to see Shaq rooting for all the big guys uh, when he was gone talking about Vucevic. He's like, anyone who name ends with IC is a great shooter. Vucevic, <laughs> man. Uh, Stoyakovic. He started listing them off a bunch of European guys. Um, but yeah, uh, give for a bonus. Get a little recognition. Uh, and I mean. I didn't expect Wiesbich to make it to the finals, especially beating out Chris Paul. Chris Paul ended up missing a layup that cost him. It's funny because as he was going up for that layup, <laughs> they were like, he's missed a layup before, <laughs> and he missed the layup, and then Wiesbich, it, it was over from there. But, um, yeah, any just quick thoughts, reactions in regards to that event? Uh, I didn't watch it, so okay, I can't so. really you know, <laughs> give a whole lot of insight into it. But uh, it's always great when a big man wins. I was hoping Vucevich would. I think I said that on that episode. If anybody could win – that it was up to me. I'd want it to be Vucevic or Robert Covington because, uh, yeah. you know, he kind of came out of nowhere. But, uh, they, you know, they did not, but Vucevic, he made it far. So, you know, there you go. Yeah, I, I did watch, like, the intro, like, for each one, each person. And it was funny because, like, for everyone else that had them, like, you know, passing or shooting or dribbling, like, Robert Covington, it was just him getting a steal and then, like, often, like just throwing it down the court on, like, a fast break. That was it. That, I was like, okay. <laughs> then, once again, not to diminish his skills, but I just thought, probably should have I don't know. I feel like it didn't really. They probably had to dive pretty deep to find, and they just kind of gave up and said, "We'll just." Everyone knows if he's good for defense. We'll just throw that in there. That's fine. Um, 
Fortunately, not much on that. I mean, like I said, Luca. Uh, surprised. I thought at least either Luca or Chris Paul would at least be in the final, and it seemed like, and obviously neither one did. Um, granted, you know, it's just a contest, and I imagine, yeah, I think they were both pretty lax about. It. I think Luca missed like the pass, uh, you know, the chess pass. So, you know, kind of like how I so, somewhat predicted, but um, yeah. In regards to that one, congrats on Demotis' bonus. A little bit of respect there. Obviously, Vucevic, uh, runner-up. Uh, going on to the next one, probably the best event out of the you know just the main three, like we kind of foresaw. Uh, Three-point contest, however, um, didn't really go exactly the way we wanted to. We made fun of Mike Conley. Once again, the pod curse is real. Uh, I mean, he almost won it, too. Um, and I believe I don't think either of us fixed Steph, right? I think we both kind of brushed off Steph. Didn't think he would try that hard. Um, so, and, you know, I made sure I tweeted in my, I tweeted at Steph Curry at the time. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, for forgetting about you. Um, I'm really just expecting you, but yeah, um, him and Mike Conley make it, I think it, to the finals. I believe Tatum put up a good, a good, uh, some good numbers, but just couldn't get there. Um, and then Donovan Mitchell and the others didn't do so well. I mean, that was didn't make it far, but, uh, yeah, Steph put on a show one by one point. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I did manage to get watch that live. I missed. I think I missed Levine's run. I think he was first. I missed the first him and like Jalen and I think yeah. I missed like the first two people going, but I saw the highlights later. But um, your thoughts on what occurred, and yeah, and thoughts on Steph going off. Um, we should have saw it coming. You know, <laughs> Steph Curry also he said afterwards, "This is for Clay Thompson." Yeah, should have saw that coming because Clay's hurt, and he probably would have been in that contest again if he was healthy. Um. But, you know, Steph did what he does. Uh, his first round was just crazy. He put up, I think, 31 points. And, you know, Chris Webber and all of them, the Dwayne Wade, they're all freaking out about how, like, this is how you put the fear in your opponent's <laughs> eyes. Like, next round, you're going to see they're all going to get in slumps because of this. Uh, and the first round, Levine didn't look very impressive. Mitchell, Brown, none of them did. Uh, Tatum put up like 25 points and then Conley had a pretty solid one. I think he had like, Conley. He made, like I think he made all of his on his money rack. <laughs> yeah. Um, and his money rack wasn't even in the corners, which they brought up like, you know, some it guys was right in the middle, the I think. Yeah. They would say put it in the corner cause it's the shortest spot, but he, he was dead center. Um, and he, he was drilling them. So then that last round Tatum, you know, had a horrible round. I think he had like 17 and then Conley came out swing and put up 27 <laughs> And it was like, shoot, Conley might win this thing. I think he even messaged you or somebody saying, like, Conley might mess around and win this thing all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, but Steph did Steph things. He needed – on the last rack, he was only able to miss one of the shots. He missed it with three balls left. So he had hit every single one, and he just nailed them, nothing but net. The last ball, the net didn't even move. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's Steph Curry being Steph Curry. Um Shout out to Mike Conley. He put up a really good performance. I think he showed that, you know, he, he belonged in that contest this year because he, he did better than everybody else did except for Steph. So. Yeah, and once again, like you just mentioned, lost by one. And it took the last – literally down to the last bucket. Um, so yep. apologies to Mike Conley. Although, you know, maybe our curse helped you out, man. I'm just saying, like, we, we got a real bad curse. Um, and I'm kind of scared to talk about one of these players uh, that we're going to talk about later cause, if our curse is real because – yeah, it's not looking good. But um, just an update on it too. Uh, we talked bad about Kemba, and all of a sudden Kemba's like doing really well now, being the best player on the Celtics, like over the last few weeks at least. They've won four straight too off the yeah. back of his really solid play. Yeah, and then like I remember we talked about like 
we were critical of Brzingis a few weeks ago, and then like that next night he dropped like 35 and like 15. It's like, oh, great, thanks. Uh, making us look real good here. Same thing with, I think, uh, Van Fleet. We were critical of the Mavericks as a whole, and then they won like six straight. So It's real, man. Yeah, the curse is real. Um, so getting to the last, or the second, the last event, I guess you could say, before the All-Star game. Uh, happened at halftime, the uh, dunk contest. Um, once again, like we mentioned, the curse is real. <laughs> of all people, we I picked I picked Obi Toppin. You picked Cassius Stanley. Um, you know, we'll talk about the dunk in a second. But um, Anthony, oh, I forgot I forgot what the print, print, correct pronunciation. I think it was Simons. Anyway, um, I mean, he was solid, but I felt like, uh, especially Stanley, he got kind of should have gotten more points that first dunk. I was surprised. I didn't realize until like. When they showed the scoreboard after they all had one dunk, that he only got 44. I was like, that, that was very surprising to me. Um, I'm not going to say it was an amazing dunk contest. Um, I'm like, I don't know if he might be in the conversation for one of the worst. Uh, but to be fair, COVID, it, seem, it seems like the players couldn't do much theatrics. That's also part of the, you know, the dunk contest. Um, but other than that, I mean, I guess good for Anthony Simons. I, I do like how they do it at the end now, how the judges, they just pick a player between the two instead of doing the rating system, probably after uh, what happened last year with, um, you know, with Mr. Dwayne Wade. Um, so, uh, thanks Dwayne. Uh, you know, sometimes we got to learn from our mistakes, but, um, what were your thoughts on the dunk contest and just any other takeaways? Uh, it's, it's so sad to me cause I love the dunk contest. I mean, one of my most fond memories my all-time favorite player ever is vince carter and i i first loved him and like who he was and his play style because of that dunk contest where he won and just greatest dunk contest i've ever seen probably outside of you know the levine gordon duel and just because of how long that one went that one was insane but um this year it, it it wasn't exciting the I can't remember which announcer said it, but one of them was like, "Listen, I'm I'm not impressed. I'm not excited because if you look over at the bench, Zach Levine, LeBron, Zion, all these great dunkers, they're not excited." So I give you know, it, and I think that encapsulated how the fans are feeling too. If, if the the guys who are really good at dunking, they're not even getting that excited. Like how are, how are the fans supposed to get excited uh, about what's going on? So. Yeah, I mean, Cassius Stanley, that first dunk, he definitely got robbed. But then Draymond Green, I don't know if you saw his tweets. He goes, Cassius Stanley got robbed. And then on his next dunk, he goes, and then he robbed himself. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first one, he, that, I thought in the first round, at least, his dunk was probably the best. He just made it look so easy. But, like, yeah. that's not an easy dunk to go between the legs like he did. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, went out there and did it first try. I thought his was the best the first round, but in the second round, he tried to do something really cool like two yeah. times. And then he just gave up and did like a basic in-game dunk that like he didn't do anything crazy except, you know, kind of cock it back really high. And okay, we get you have a high vertical, but uh, yeah, so he, he kind of, you know, lost it for himself there. And then the other two guys, once again, I just, I wasn't super impressed with, uh, maybe it's because there was no fans, theatrics, they, 
lack of creativity. I don't know what it is, but it, it's it's just not as exciting. I don't know. They the NBA I think needs to just put more effort into the dunk contest when it comes to like recruiting guys to do it, building up like rivalries or you know something like that. Because the one thing that has revived it over the past decade was the Zach Levine Aaron Gordon rivalry and you know, the, the crazy stuff that they did and then how Aaron Gordon got robbed. So they had to run it back the next year and then he got robbed again. So now everybody wants to see him do it again. Um, anyway, it's, uh, yeah, it, it saddens me that the dunk, con- dunk contest kind of sucks because yeah, that, I think I predicted that might be one of the worst, you know, ever. And it, it, to me, it, it lived up to that potential of being pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. We got, we've had some bad ones. Um, it's tough. But um, I mean, like we mentioned before, like you said, I think the biggest thing is just it's just so hard to become, come up with new dunks, you know, that haven't already been done before. So uh, yeah, it's just it, it's tough in that way for for those that have to participate. Um, but all right, part of that is probably also like on the guys participating. Like there are professional dunkers out there that do some crazy stuff that we have not seen in an NBA dunk contest. So like, go hire one of those guys to like teach you some of their dunks. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, maybe. So, um, anyway, so going to the last, I don't call it event, but the actual All-Star game itself. Um, obviously, we had a little our little draft, and you know, Hoover had MVP one. Unfortunately, you only did, but to be, and I'm not gonna take that away. But uh, my chances were already diminished before the game started because Embiid, my first pick, Embiid was, and uh, Ben Simmons, one of my later picks, uh, were you know weren't weren't allowed to play due to contact tracing. Uh, so that was a little unfortunate, but uh, yeah, Giannis didn't miss a shot. And the All Star Game, you know, made it some tough threes, but once again, not much defense being played. So you know, maybe it's easier to do so. Steph was still Steph, you know, making threes and things like that. But uh, nothing else to really. I mean, there was no much else to say in the All Star Game. It's pretty much dominated by Team LeBron. I mean, it got to the point when the second quarter where it was just like Steph and Damian were having their own little like half court contest, and it really wasn't really a game. Like, I like I I wasn't watching it like. I was I had it on my phone, but wasn't watching it intently because it wasn't it was a blowout. I was just kind of looking, glancing because it wasn't really competitive. But um, yeah. Any other thoughts or reactions to that one? Uh, I mean, there were some cool moments like the the Steph and Dame stuff you mentioned. Jalen Brown's like corner turnaround fadeaway three was you know crazy that he hit that. Uh, but overall, I mean, it was it was not an exciting game. I felt like last year it, it seemed like the rule change made the game a little more exciting. Uh, and last year, felt like especially that fourth quarter, they were actually playing defense. This year, it was just such a blowout that it was uh, it was not really a, a fun game to watch. Which you know, I I think I said this in the last episode, but like they should have gave Durant the first pick because if the captain isn't playing, then the team's just naturally at a disadvantage. Um, but you know, True. it is what it is. Uh, it's it's not that big of a deal because it's all for charity, and you know, in the end, so you know, all the charities they got a lot of money. Um. But it, it would be cool if they could continue to try to make it more competitive. Uh, also, just the one fact that's like going around since then is LeBron is four and zero as a All Star captain. Um, so whoever else is being the captain against him, y'all got to step it up. That being, I think Giannis and I think Steph did it one year, right? And then Durant. I think that, that was one of the first guys. ones. I think it was Steph yeah. and LeBron like the first two years of that, and then last year was Giannis. Yeah, which and then the Giannis Durant. I remember Giannis, everybody criticized his draft a ton because on paper he, he picked like a pretty – he picked the worst team by far. Uh, but that was actually a competitive game. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it, it'd be it'd be 
cooler if they could find ways to make it more exciting. I think they should try to get creative. I know one idea, which this is for the NFL, but one idea I love for the NFL uh, Pro Bowl is have them play flag football because then there's not really a risk of getting hurt. And I think you'd get to see some really cool plays and they'd really try out there, cool jukes, crazy, you know, catches, all that kind of stuff. I don't know how they do that for the NBA. One idea that I had thought of was like, imagine, so you got, you know, you got 30 guys because you do 15 per team. I don't, I don't know the exact number they do right now, but I think it's like 15 per side. Maybe it's 14, 13. I don't know. But so you got 30 guys that make the all-star game, however many, and you pick, 10 captains and they select teams of three and then they do like a three V three seated tournament or something. I don't know. I feel like that'd be kind of cool. Um, just to see how things work out that way. I don't, I don't think they'll ever do something like that, but it seems like there's ideas out there to make it more exciting because the all-star game, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's cool that it's for charity, all that kind of stuff, but it'd be really fun if it was actually, you know, exciting and entertaining for the fans to watch too, as opposed to just, no defense. You hope that Zion does some cool dunks and then he comes out and misses three in a row right off the bat. And then it's not exciting anymore. Yeah. Um, just, I, I don't know if you remember, remember when they played with the horse, I think horse was like, they had a horse for like a year. I think it was, I'm not sure. I know at least one year. I'm not sure that too. I think like, yeah. you know, like early in Durant's career. Cause I remember Durant was in it. I think John yeah. Wall was in it. Um, I do remember that. I, I don't know. just an idea of that or like kind of building off your three V three, maybe, maybe like it's like, separate groups of five like 21 and then playing 21 and then you know the winner of each of the there's what 30 to 15 on each roster so that's i don't don't think like the current setup is actually 15 on each roster but imagine that say they just did full like they wanted a full court game you just do six teams of five and then you you run a you know another little tournament there whoever you know the, the first two guys, like say LeBron and like Durant this year, for example, their two teams would be like the top two seeds. They get bye weeks, you know, or bye round. And then uh, the other four teams, you know, they duke it out and then they face and just a tournament. I don't know. I feel like that'd be more exciting than uh, what we currently have, at least. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe, yeah. I mean, just some ideas from the play with. Once again, too, it was, it was probably tough for them to get any excitement for this All Star game because, I mean, some players didn't really want to play in it. Remember, yeah. LeBron had said a few weeks he wasn't about that, um, and then also, like you mentioned last episode, really just no fans there. I think heard it too, and also because of COVID, they limited. You know, because usually dunk contest has four. I think three point usually has you know more contestants. Same thing with skills. So, I think they just had to make do with what they have. But um, still, yeah. Because if you noticed in the three point contest, it was all guys who made the All Star game. I believe the skills was also all guys who made the All Star game. Except for contest. Yeah, except for Covington, which that one still, once again, that was, I don't, that, that's even more confusing. The dunk contest had guys that did not make it, but they, they did try to limit who was there and, you know, all that stuff. So it, I, I cut them some slack for this year, but next year they got to come out with a bang. Yeah. I mean, I think San Antonio's petitioning for a 2024 all-star. So hopefully we get that. Um, and hopefully changes are made by then. But um, anyway, so that wraps up all the all-star week weekend sorry things but uh this happened what i think sunday morning it happened over the weekend uh blake griffin got bought out and then he ended up uh you know signing an agreement with the brooklyn nets um so yeah brooklyn just adds another piece to their team i'll let you go first what were your thoughts on this acquisition and the fit fit the nets uh well i mean i'm, I'm watching celtics nets right now blake is not suited up but he's at the game um I thought it was interesting because I understand 
from a talent or from a championship perspective, you want as much talent as you can get. Uh, but from a fit perspective, he doesn't improve them, in my opinion. Like he doesn't improve any of their weaknesses. I think obviously we know that Blake can score pretty well. Like he, he was averaging like 14 points per game or something with the Pistons. He's not amazing. Uh, and I don't think he's going to be a starter for them. I would imagine he comes off the bench. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. Uh, but I mean, we, his game just really hasn't evolved. He's, he's not what he used to be. Uh, I think a lot of players you see like LeBron is the most extreme example. He, he's covered up the fact that he's lost athleticism with these other things that he's built. He's way stronger now than he used to be. He has a really strong post game. He's become a bench, much better shooter, especially at those post fadeaways. Um, so he doesn't have to use, his speed, his quickness, and just like overwhelm people with his athleticism like he did when he was younger um, because he's starting to lose that. So he, you know, compensates in other ways. Blake doesn't feel like he's done that. I mean, that, that stat that he hasn't dunked since December of 2019 is still just mind boggling to me being a guy who is renowned for being one of the best dunkers in the NBA. Um, he's not an amazing shooter. He doesn't really play in the post that much. Maybe that'll change with the nets. Um, but he, He's just one of those guys who feels like he's always sitting out on the perimeter trying to play like a guard. Um, I, I don't know. He, I, I will say the one thing he does bring them is passing as a big man. He's a good passer, uh, especially out of the post, you know, when he does go in there. Um, so I think he, he provides some passing, some scoring, some things that, you know, the Nets could use off their bench. Um, but, I mean, the, the big issue, the thing that, you know, people are still criticizing the Nets for is their defense. I don't think that he makes an impact there. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Really whatsoever. Um, so, yeah. I, my concerns about the Nets when it comes to, you know, their potential... Uh, finals run and, you know, shot at a title, they, they're still the exact same. And it doesn't feel like adding Blake to me really increased their chances at winning it all because they already have really elite offense. So adding a bit more of that to me, just, it doesn't change much. Yeah. It's, I, I kind of feel the same way. I, I wouldn't say drastic changes. It doesn't hurt them. I will say that, um, yeah. you know, adding him, and yeah, I like the points you all mentioned. Just another player, another solid player. Even if you know he's only getting, you know, even if you know he's still putting less numbers than he did in Detroit, um, you know, I, I think they'll take that. Um, especially like we met, kind of mentioned before, or depth was maybe a little bit of concern. Now it won't be. Uh, however, I am still concerned, you know, especially with Durant's injury right now because he had to get reevaluated. Um, and I would say he's their best player all around. Um, and then. You know, Blake's had an injury history. You know, Grant said it was with the Pistons, so maybe, you know, he took 
you know, he was extra careful since they weren't ever really competitive. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would agree in regards to everything you said, too. Not a great shooter. I mean, I, I see him more as kind of the sixth, I guess, sixth man kind of running with the bench. I don't think he'll start just because, you know, DeAndre Jordan still really good at rebounding and good rim protector. Um, while Blake is still a solid rebounder, but once again, like you mentioned, not great at defense. I'm not going to say he's horrible, but not so great, especially now that he's lost, you know, some of that, some of his athleticism coming in. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe if, if anything, once again, like you hit, um, I think he just makes their offense potentially better, you know, better passer, you know, he, he can, he could pop or, you know, a better pick and roller, more versatile, I suppose, to DeAndre, or, you know, he's just, he's probably just going to roll. Um, and, um, so yeah, I, I'm interested to see how it works. Um, you know, there's another guy out there that I think is more intriguing fit, but, um, you know, good for Blake. Uh, it's a shame that, I mean, remember he was supposed to be the guy and the, the Clippers and then things changed very quickly and then got traded to Detroit and things have just not worked out in Detroit. It's kind of all falling apart there. And I really don't put that on him. He's only one guy. And we think we all know, we all know even at that point, he's not going to carry your team. He's really good at that point, you know, two or three. Um, so we'll see if he can back to that level of being a really good two or three. As of now, he's, you know, more, I don't want to insult him, but more of a role player, uh, things like that. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, maybe things, like you mentioned, he hasn't he hadn't dunked in almost two years. Maybe accompanying that to, once again, Detroit's roster stinking. <laughs> and, you know, teams just focusing on him. I mean, so we'll see. Maybe things will open up more in Brooklyn. And, you know, he'll get a freaking dunk again, <laughs> which I imagine he will. I, I mean, but I could be wrong. He might, I don't know, despite, you know, I, I'm not sure if the curse will apply to him because we're not talking bad about him that bad. So we'll see. Um, yeah, but if he, if he I, play daily fantasy, go pick him up. <laughs> Whatever he does yeah. play. And I will say he hasn't had, you know, a, a playmaker like Harden or Kyrie or even Durant, you know, since he was with Chris Paul in LA. So, which is no disrespect to anybody, you know, that Detroit had, but, you know, even Derrick Rose, you know, he, I think everybody would agree that James Harden's a better playmaker than Derrick Rose is. So um, that, you know, that could help. You know, I think, like you said, he'll probably dunk again. But uh, compared to Detroit, he doesn't have to create his own shot as much. Um, and so he has other guys that can help create it for him. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. I know that, you know, some Nets fans are already talking like they're going to revive his career and he's going to be this crazy player again once. I, I agree with what you said. I think he's. At this point, more of a role player, um, maybe a little bit better than you know a role player would be, just because of the experience, the things that he still can do, uh, and being the veteran that he is. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that he, uh, he he overall improves their offense, like you said. But I mean, I still have those same concerns with their defense and all those kind of things overall. Uh, but I will applaud the Nets and and Blake at least. Um, he signed a really cheap deal, so. Yeah. It's one million. That that's like nothing. I, I think any team in the league would sign Blake Griffin for a million. Like, it's it's an incredibly low risk, high reward deal because on the off chance that Blake does still have a lot left in the tank and he just wasn't like maybe he didn't want to be there in Detroit, he wasn't given his all, uh, the scheme didn't fit, all these different kind of things. If all those things kind of get remedied remedied in Brooklyn and he does have a little bit of a revival in his career and he's playing like a starter again and all these kind of things, then. Uh, yeah, it, it was an incredibly low-risk deal, really cheap, and they still have money to go sign other guys that do potentially fix those holes. Yeah, so um, while we're on the topic, um, we'll go on to the next, uh, you know, another player that hasn't been moved yet, but uh, it's you know pretty much 
public at this point that he will be wants to be moved. Uh, my San Antonio Spurs and Marcus Aldridge. Uh, you know, kind of felt like this was going to happen eventually, um, especially the way things have been going this season. He's you know Aldridge has been especially recent games playing more of a bench role. But um, anyway, Spurs and Aldridge uh, have agreed to part ways as of right now, still on the roster. So Spurs looking to trade him. Uh, apparently, there's a few teams interested. Uh, we still don't know exactly what teams. We can just kind of only speculate. Um, obviously, um, as a Spurs fan, and you know, I think Spurs themselves trying to find a trade before the deadline, or else we're probably going to have to cut him. Um, so, I'll I'll just say this, and I'll kick it to you. Um, in terms of Aldridge himself as a spur, um, it worked out at first. It looked like it was really good at first, and I really don't blame Aldridge. I think he, I wouldn't. I can't say with 100% confidence he lived up to his contract. If I had to say, I would say he almost did, like 90, 85%, especially the first few years. Um, because I felt like, you know, especially with the emergence of number two, it got to a point where, okay, he could he could have been the, you know, Aldridge was going to be the number two guy. And, you know, number two is going to be our main focal point, which I think at first he didn't, Aldridge didn't like. Because remember, there's that one off season where Aldridge had a, or Pop had to, you know, take him out to dinner because he wanted out. And then he remedied that situation. Um, so, and then also what didn't help Aldridge, you know, in terms of his numbers going down is just the league evolved. Like, like we kind of mentioned with uh, Boogie Cousins uh, a few episodes ago and just some of these big men, you got to be able to, you know, you got to be able to move and defend in space. You got to be able to shoot threes um, and, you know, handle the ball a little bit. And Aldridge being so mid-range reliant, um, you know, he, he had, he did try to move out to the three this year. He did it okay, but it's just, not what he built his game on, and especially when you're paying him that kind of money, just to, it just doesn't make sense. And you know, I feel like he wants to do more, and you know, and you know, get the ball, get more looks, uh, as as opposed to what Spurs were doing, which is you know we we're focusing on our young guys and or letting DeRozan handle the ball more, and you know Aldridge wasn't getting the, the looks and such as he wanted. But um, anyways, uh, I'll let you go first. Any thoughts or predict or? Or, or speculations on any teams that you think he might fit or go to? Uh, I mean, the immediate super hype reactions from everybody online is that he'd go back to Portland. And I don't disagree. I think that Lillard, McCollum, you know, all the other guys they have over there, I don't think that he necessarily changes the dynamic of that team. Um, obviously, it kind of depends on where he's at in his career. If he has that sort of Carmelo Anthony approach and he's more willing to take more of a back seat as opposed to what he was maybe used to in San Antonio. Not necessarily that he was the focal point, like we're talking about, he's, you know, slowly started to take less and less. Uh, but if he's okay with that and wanting to go out there and try and compete for, you know, a playoff team, uh, and especially a team that he's familiar with, he can go back to Portland. I think he'd be a good fit there um, because they have good big men. Um, but, they also have big men who have struggled with injuries over the years. And I think that he just provides a unique skill set uh, that they don't really have because none of their bigs are really that good at shooting um, at all from, you know, mid range or the three point line. So you add him in there. Um, I, I think that that'd be a solid addition for them. Other than that, I, I think it just depends if it's a trade. I think that really limits the options for a lot of teams because I'm, I'm not sure a lot of teams are going to be wanting to, you know, trade for him. It's it's sort of similar to the Blake Griffin and the Andre Drummond situations to where just because of the money they're making and the the point where they're at in their careers, it, it doesn't feel like the trade market's really that hot. Um, but if it's a buyout, I can see a lot of contenders wanting him. 
I don't know specifically, but I even know my Celtics maybe are interested uh, on like a one-year kind of deal, finish out the season um, because big man is is our weak spot. So add, you know, an offensive guy like Aldridge in that spot to go along with the other guys. Maybe you can teach some stuff, some post things to, you know, Robert Williams or something like that. Um I don't know. I, I, I don't really know about a lot of other teams that would potentially be interested. I can't imagine the Nets would be um, because he, they, they already have a lot of stuff, you know, at that big man spot committed with DeAndre Jordan, with Nick Claxton, with Blake Griffin now. Um, so adding him just kind of seems a little bit redundant because once again, doesn't improve their defense. Um, but yeah, I, I can't think of any other specific fits off the top of my head. Um yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I got. Um, um, if, if he could shoot the three a little better, I feel like that would, once again, also open it to a lot more teams because I would think, like, maybe Milwaukee, but because he can't really shoot as well, she doesn't feel like he'd fit alongside Giannis as, you know, being the five option there. Uh, you know, maybe Miami, but once again, there's just uh, – I don't know how he fits in that paint. Um so I, I don't know. It, it, he's an interesting player because he has a lot of offensive tools, but I think his offensive skill set would fit into a very specific style of offense. Yeah, so I will I'll agree um, on, you know, not, it is kind of hard to find a fit for him. Uh, so I, I thought about it. Uh, I, in terms of, So best fit, in my opinion, maybe most realistic option would maybe be the Charlotte Hornets just because they really don't have any versatile – I mean, the bigs are only like Bismack, Biombo, and Cody Zeller, not any guys that can really stretch the floor. And, you know, right now, as of right now, they're the seventh seed. So maybe they're looking to at least, you know, they, they probably won't win the championship this year, but maybe, you know, maybe make some noise in the playoffs so they can get their young guys like LaMelo and, you know, Devontae Graham. Because I, I don't imagine those two and Gordon Hayward, I imagine we'll be getting them. And I think, sorry, when I forgot to add, I think another hard thing that you kind of alluded to was uh, what, what's the price going to be if they Spurs do trade him and what is Spurs asking for? Because I think regardless, he's on one. This is the last year of his current contract, even if they do trade him. Okay. So this is only going to be a rental. Um, and then, yeah. So it's just a matter of, you know, teams, I guess, the only leverage Spurs have is, hey, you can trade for him so that you can make sure you get him. And, you know, like the Lakers or some other team doesn't get him. But, yeah, um, I imagine, I don't know exactly what picks they'll go for. I mean, if, you get, if we get a first for him, that'd be great. But who knows? Another team, maybe Toronto. Once again, not really sure what we'd ask for as the Spurs, but I know they have guys like Norman Powell. Maybe they move on from him. Uh, once again, I'm not sure. Uh, another place was maybe Atlanta. Cause I also, I imagine pop's not going to trade him to the, to the West. I imagine they wouldn't want to do that, especially the most of these teams that do need him. Probably don't want to see him again. Um, so yeah, I, and regardless, I think there's more fits in the East, but yeah, Atlanta could be an option, you know, a good, you know, maybe they, you know, I'm not saying we get John Collins, but maybe some sort of we get John Collins or sort of three-team deal move so that you know because it seems like John Collins. Don't forget he kind of w- wants an extension, probably wants out. Um, so maybe he can come to San Antonio or vice versa. Um, shoot, there's one more team. I'm blanking, but um, and then in terms of the West, I mean, I know Perzingis is apparently Dallas has sniffed around. I'm not saying we could do a straight up all just for Perzingis trade, but um, I mean, I wouldn't mind sending like a I don't know, like a Patty Mills or something, if we can get Porzingis. I know Pop would love that, but I feel like that would be hard for us as a Spurs team to swing. But um, the only other team was Sacramento. That was the other team because uh, they're kind of out of the playoff race for now. They're like five games behind. They don't really have a marquee big. Bagley's kind of wanted out. Not that I really want Bagley, but, I mean, I'll take Bagley as opposed to Aldridge, you know, a young guy to maybe 
mold, or maybe like a first or a second. Regardless, those are the only real destinations I see um, outside of, you know, maybe, I'm not sure if LA is interested or like the Clippers, but once again, I'm not sure if Pop's going to want to give him to one of those teams that we're probably going to see in the playoffs. Um, but um, regardless. Um, what, uh, what salary is he making? Do you know his contract? I'll have to see. Oh, yeah, not... Another thought that, you know, you bring up Sacramento, a team that maybe has contracts that they don't want to commit to, they maybe want to go get a guy like Aldridge who's a one-year deal. They can match salaries. They get out from under you know the commitment of a three-year deal or something, and then they can just cut Aldridge if it was going to be a buyout anyway. Um, so that that could be an option. I think that opens the door to some more teams that are not playoff teams, like you said, the Kings, um, who they have other guys who maybe they want to get rid of. Um, that you know an Aldridge trade can facilitate you know some salary cap freedom in the future. I don't know what team specifically, but that that just made me think of that. Yeah, and actually that brings a good point. Like apparently, uh, maybe Harrison Barnes. We kind of need. I mean, Kellen Johnson's been a solid four for us, but he's still like in his second year, as opposed to Harrison Barnes, a little more of a polished product, can play the four. Um, you know, something like that. Um, and then yeah, I think so. All just making his base salary is twenty four million for this year, and once again, he's unrestricted free agent after this year. Um, so. I'm not sure how exactly the details, because I do see it says 15% trade kicker, so I'm not sure if we own 15% more. I don't know. But yeah, I think only the team I wanted to throw in there was the Celtics. Once again, not really sure what y'all would give us. Once again, probably wouldn't be much. Maybe a second. I, I think maybe a player, would, a prospect. But For the Celtics, I feel like it'd have to be at a buyout, because if, if they did a player, we're talking like Kemba Walker, yeah. When it comes to contracts, well, because don't you have the accept, trade exception too? I think I read somewhere they, they do, don't. <laughs> but I, I just to be real, I I can't imagine that Danny would let Gordon Hayward leave instead of getting Miles Turner and Doug McDermott. He would let him leave for the trade exception, and then use pretty much the whole thing on the Marcus Aldridge for one year. I if Danny does that, I'm I will not forgive him. <laughs> Well, he may not have any. I'm not sure if, if the, the trade exception does it help you. I don't know the money exactly. So does it help you going normally, forward if you don't use it? Normally, the way a trade exception works is if you get in the off season, you have to use it during that year, and it does. You don't like get anything from it the next year because it doesn't give you more cap space. All it does is it counts as like a, a player's contract that you are trading, so you can match it with the other guys, right? The only you can't add contracts to it. So unfortunately, like for Bradley Beal. He's $100,000 more than the trade exception, so we can't absorb him into that, and you can't throw, like, another cheap contract on top of it to, like, you know, equal it. He, that contract has to fully be absorbed into it. Same with Porzingis. He's, like, 900 k over. So that, you know, that, that rules out certain players because of that aspect. Um, but because of the COVID stuff, they've changed it to where the exception for, you know, teams that they got this year can be used in this next offseason. So that's why I think... I honestly, I'm not sure if the Celtics actually use it at the trade deadline this year um, because I think, you know, unless there's like a key piece that they really want that they think can help them contend for, you know, the finals like right now this year, or they could get at a cheaper price now than they would be able to in the off season that they could get, you know, like a John Collins or something where they could extend out into the future. I assume they'd probably wait for that trade exception in the off season uh, and try to use that for teams that are trying to sell off some pieces um, because it's it's probably the most valuable then. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, they're, they're going to use it. 
I just can't see them using it on a LaMarcus Aldridge because once again, if they're, if, if they're going to get a guy who's a one-year deal, it, it just doesn't feel worth using the trade exception unless he instantly like makes them a lot better. And that's why I feel like maybe throw a Victor Oladipo or something in there to where you feel like, you know, it's, it's a big time piece, which LaMarcus, he's a great player, but I don't, I don't feel like he elevates them necessarily in that way. Yeah. Um, only other team um, I want to mention um, is possibly the Bulls. Because, um, you know, and maybe, because I think, you know, they've, I'm not sure what's been going on with Lori Marketing. You know, I like him. Maybe a swap, something like that. Because I think Lori's also on a contract here. I believe he's a restrictor free agent. So I wouldn't mind that. Regardless, um, as a Spurs fan, obviously I want us to at least trade Lamarcus, get some sort of return back, as opposed to having to cut him. But regardless, um, you know, just want to thank Lamarcus for his time, his effort. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out, and I really, that really wasn't all on him. Like I mentioned, the whole number two situation fell apart, and kind of threw us all as through the whole Spurs organization, kind of just in whack. Because that was supposed to be, you know, the next piece supposed to be number two and Lamarcus, and then you know we'll build around them, and that all just kind of came collapsed when we had to you know get rid of number two. Which once again, I know people say it was a bad trade. Obviously, in hindsight, it was a bad trade. I mean, I wish we could have waited, and then you know, because Jimmy Butler wanted to get traded that year, so maybe we could have gotten Jimmy Butler some sort of three-way trade. And I think Jimmy would have loved San Antonio. I'm just saying. Um, anyway, you would have loved Pop. I'll know that. I, uh, yeah, he would have. <laughs> he would. I think he. I would. I would love to see that those two together, because you know, Jimmy's a you know goofy, funny guy, and Pop can be too. You know, we see the interviews and stuff, and the way he talks to you. Know, certain to these players because of jimmy and all you know coming off the the timberwolves stuff and all that you know where he was he was not having it with guys who don't work hard pop is you know he, he's just gonna tell you how it is just like jimmy would so oh. I, I think they'd mesh well yeah and yeah, so anyways uh you know, hopefully lamarcus goes somewhere you know plays well for him obviously unless it's in the west if you go somewhere in the west please don't play very well especially against us. Uh, knowing the Spurs, though, we're gonna, he's going to end up in the West, and he's going to ball out against us because that always happens in those revenge games. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Um, you know, went over a few th- those main topics. Obviously, if you're watching on watching us on YouTube, you know, rate, or that's not rating anymore, <laughs> like, comment, subscribe, you know, any sort of feedback. Uh, you can also follow us uh, on Instagram, at Ball Facebook is just shut up and ball. We also have a Twitter, which is at shut up and ball. And if you're listening via the podcast, once again, rate, comment, review. Let us know what we're doing, what we need to do better, things like that. Only we can get better is if, you know, we learn from our mistakes. But um, other than that, that's going to wrap it up. Anything else you'd like to say, John, before we call it? Uh, I think that's going to be it for me. Celtics right now, for anyone wondering, I am still watching the game. It's tied 41-41 with the Nets. Oof, fun game. So, um, yeah, hope everyone enjoys their weekend. We'll be back next week with the NFL. Probably do a special free agency episode. Hopefully my, my new mic comes in too. So we'll, it'll be a whole jazzed-up episode. But um, regardless, hope you all enjoyed this one. And, you know, have a nice day. Stay safe out there.